Holy shit, we are back. Episode number 51 of, I believe I had the name correct, Tailgates and Heartbreaks. I'm Geezer. I never thought I would get the text that we're like, hey, you want to record again? Like, sure. You but didn't think you are. ever put this headset on again? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know. I mean, when the months started racking up, uh, no, I didn't. So, for those of you who forget, uh, I'm joined with co-host Donnie, producer Tito. We have not met since October 28th, 2021. There's a lot of <laughs> shit that's happened since then. You guys talk first, reintroduce yourselves, and I'll do the very quick list that I have put together today. Yeah, it's great to be back. I never, I feel like the Eagles getting back together, like, you know, their, their hell freezes over tour, and they ended up doing it like a thousand times. I was going to say, they only had 85 reunion tours, so <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good role model. Right, exactly. And uh, no, it feels great. Like you said, Geese, a ton of ha- has happened, but I think it's funny that we just, we were talking about it pre-show, that we had 50 episodes and then just completely fell off. But little do people know, we were doing the city of Cincinnati a favor because as soon as we stopped, the Bengals got so hot and we couldn't mess with the juju. So, I mean, that was, yeah, we there was due diligence. I believe there was a text sent in maybe around December or so. And I had, someone had asked me like, are you going to do a podcast again? And I was like, I don't think we can because what we got going on right now is way too good. Like even like after the first playoff game, like, so they win that. I had written a blog before. Then I was like, well, so we covered that. There's no way we can do anything else. Like, we just have to, I had to, like, I couldn't. It was like, there's no way we're doing a podcast. Someone asked me if we were going to do one before the Super Bowl. I was like, nope. And it all, and like, the crazy thing, too, is so not only do we have that, but then we have UC actually making the college football playoff. So we have all of this going on. Two of probably the biggest things to happen as Cincinnati sports fans, like, for us. In I our would lifetime, say ever. Yes, like, in our lifetime, and we just all the content that you could have done and could have like talked about, we just decided, nah, we're good. We don't need to. We're going on vacation. Yeah, just so uh, just a couple months. Gave, all, gave gave all the listeners blue balls, and we are not sorry because that run was so worth it. And. Like real quick, we could talk about like that run, just going back and remembering how fun each weekend was, just getting excited. The weeks seemed to like Monday, Tuesday just dragged on, and then once Wednesday hit, you're like, you can smell the air. It's like, my God, I got a huge UC game, I got a big Bengals game. I mean, it was just awesome. I, it's, I, it was literally one of the greatest runs of Cincinnati sports, obviously, but literally my entire life because we talk about it like. We love this shit so much, and like we said, we just couldn't mess with the juju the city had. I feel like we would be uh, not doing our due diligence to uh, society. So, I mean, so throughout the season, I quickly developed. I am a I am a superstitious person, one hundred percent. The superstitions that I have got like blown out of like blown up because not only did I like start to get like. A little crazy about it my parents did too so like i had to watch the games in the basement my dad was allowed downstairs steph was not allowed downstairs steph had to watch the game upstairs um stacy was allowed over 
I don't even think Liam was allowed over. Stella was allowed down, but Stella would typically go back upstairs with my mom. But, like, I had a certain spot on the couch that I had to, like, I wore the exact same thing every week. Obviously, like, you know, wash your clothes, but. Yeah, no, it was. Um, Speak just for like, yourself. That yes. fur of shirt is still filthy, but it, it worked. Geez, yeah, you haven't the, washed uh, your clothes since high school, so. Yeah, that's true. I'm noted not laundry doer. Um, yeah, yeah, no. There's no chance you know how to operate a washing machine. <clears throat> Fun fact, don't know how to. Um, Tito, yeah, I'm no, like that whole. If I were you. <laughs> that whole that whole run was so much fun. Like it was a high like no other. And that like week, so like when you so they win the AFC Championship game, they're just you had that week in between the Super Bowl. That week sucked. Then you had the Pro Bowl, and then you're like, all right, week of the game, and like you've already had like a week's worth of like coverage for it, and you're just kind of like, dude, I don't know if I can do another week of this. Like this is, I just needed to be here right now. Let's go. And then obviously like the game goes on. I mean, before we before we get into the, all that, the, the, before the, we get into all, real real quick, real quick, the most surreal part of that whole experience was like, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina now. And the fact that I had people from down here that have never been north of the Mason-Dixon line that were texting me about the Bengals, like, nonstop, was like, like, holy crap, like, we actually matter outside of, like, Ohio. Like, that was just mind-blowing. That I had people that were like, yeah, like, where are you going for the Bengals game? Like, I've never, nobody that you have ever met that's not a Bengals fan has ever sent that text before. That was crazy. Yeah, it was. I mean, like you, like you saw how quickly the city just like, and I mean, it it was it was coming no matter what. Like the middle of the year, like you could kind of feel it. Like all right, this team probably gonna make the playoffs. Don't know what's gonna happen there, but you felt like that was kind of building that way. And then the end of the year happens, and you know they Burrow goes off against. JV Baltimore secondary and then you play um Kansas City and the way they won it was just like all right we go and yeah I mean it was absolutely insane like to like hear like like Tom Cruise doing the opening monologue of the AFC championship game to the top like to Top Gun and he's talking about the Cincinnati Bengals like you know what did not think Tom Cruise would ever mention the Cincinnati Bengals here we are yeah the but so a quick recap of what's happened since we last met. Uh, so the Bengals are really good, like really good. They got better, like a lot better. Uh, UC made the Cotton Bowl. Drought's dead. Uh, Tito got a quarterback for South Carolina, a good one at the moment. Uh, Reds absolutely suck. There's no way around it. They make the Bad News Bears look like a good baseball team. Um, the, hold up. The, there was qualifier on us getting a start again is that and that was we don't mention a certain team that starts with the letter r so we're we're gonna say that's all i was gonna say uh we're a football town now confirmed we're a football town uh luke fickle appears to be in cincinnati for the long term uh beamer looks like he's got something going down in a uh, cockland and stoops is just kind of just chilling just like eight, nine wins every year. Like, that's just, they're doing their thing. Uh, transfer portals, bananas. 
we wanted college kids to get paid, but now we don't want them to make that much money. <laughs> it's a very fun conundrum. Uh, Wildcats got down by the Cox and not the Gamecocks, the Peacocks. And Duke is dead, a.k.a. Coach K. Did I miss anything sports-related? Um, I think I got it. Oh, Sean Miller's back. Yeah. That's pretty big. big. Well, for some people, not me, but or me and Donnie, but he's back. I'm, I'm actually very excited about that. I don't think I don't know how you can't be intrigued. Yeah, like I hate Xavier, but I think that's awesome. I think it's so good for the rivalry. I think it's so good just for the city. I think it's it's going to be it could blow up in flames right in Xavier's face, but it's going to be entertaining no matter what. Yeah. He's how many? What's the over under just this off season? How many? Just watching practices, how many shirts he's just going to leak through. Um, I just need that report. I need it. <laughs> well, so no. So here's the thing. Did he – now, hold on. Was he coaching when they went away, like for when college basketball coaches went away from, like, having to wear suits, like, on the sidelines? Like, no, like, it's now, like, quarter zip. Like, yeah, he, but he, so, he did not. Okay, so we don't know what he's going to rock. I feel like he's going to go, like, quarter zips and stuff. I don't think he's going to be wearing a suit. But I still I would, feel like when – I still I'm feel like cool when he wears, like, a white – I'm cool with but, him going quarter zip as long as the quarter zip's gray. Gray or white. Because yeah. he will sweat through. He will honestly probably sweat through a blue one. But, I mean, that's also maybe, the like, my favorite thing that's happened in sports, like, it like coaches now dress a little more casual, at least in basketball, which is like which makes the most sense ever because they get some of the coolest gear. But for some reason, we they had to wear suits. Like why? And the only I was that the only cool suit coach retired. So like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think Calipari, I think misses it because he sometimes thinks he's in like the mob. So when he can wear this nice Italian leather, he he gets all excited to walk around town. Like, yeah, we know, we get it. You're the richest guy in Lexington. Like, <laughs> and it's also funny. You talk about the NIL deal and Kentucky. Kentucky's basketball is down bad. I'm gonna go on a little rant here. That the NIL thing where we love, I love players getting paid. But the reason we didn't go after the South Dakota State kid is because he wanted too much money. And coming from John Calipari, who, like, has so many different allegations and, well, hell, not even allegations. He got caught, like, ten times. Not in Kentucky, though. But I'm just saying it was so ironic that, like, we're going out and saying, like, NIL is, is getting ridiculous. All right, guys, come on. Like the, like the kid from Miami that, like, threatened to put his name in the portal because he wanted to add, like, a couple zeros to his, his NIL deal. Yeah. And then he decided to pull his name out of the portal. Because he probably got more money added on to his NIL deal, but he probably, that's not why. Well, he probably would have been like a second round pick, right? I don't think the kid was that good. Well, no, I think he was. No, I think he would have still like stayed in college, but he was putting his name in the portal to see. Oh, so it's just yeah, he, it's yeah, just, yeah. But then like he got the extra money, which is, I mean, whatever. But yeah, no, I think we covered it all. Yeah. So we're I not. Think the world is the, caught up. You are, yeah, we're back yeah. up to the draft. We're back yeah. So we are a couple days removed from the NFL draft. Um, 
Bengals had a solid draft. I mean, it wasn't super flashy, but like I think that's the weird thing about being like that was the weirdest thing. So for like Thursday, the first night, you knew you were gonna get a decent, a pretty good player, but then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot the rest of the way because you're like, wow, we don't get like any of these guys that are falling that much because uh, we're used to drafting in the early part of the draft every round. So that was a little twist or change, but uh, Daxon Hill, um, Cam Taylor Britt, and uh, Anderson from Toledo are the guys that they added in the secondary, and they all run like a 4-3, which I'm all for. Just get fast. Fast, can we, versatile. Can we talk about, uh, real quick, like Daxon Hill? I, I hate to, to, to cut you off and just dive right in, but like I've never heard like, I've never heard scouts, or I shouldn't say scouts, because it's not NFL scouts. It's all just, like, you know, personalities and media people. Yeah. But, like, I've heard everything from he's got, like, he's one of the most agile, like, fastest states in the draft. And then I hear people being like, he can't guard a deep ball. And it's not like he can't go up and play it. It's like he physically cannot turn his hips to guard a deep ball. Like, how... Like, is he just, I don't, I hate to, like, bring up the old, I like, like, he's an aircraft carrier, but, like, what, what's the deal with him? I haven't, like, read anything or heard anything that says, like, to that extent, like, the, I think the bad side. Said, like, on draft night, he was, like, he well, struggled guarding the deep steam, and it's, it's like, that is, a, that is, that's off. another, <laughs> that's another topic the fact that like the ESPN draft coverage has gone down this hill to where it is now because it's atrocious. Like Mike Greenberg does everything for ESPN. It's watered down as shit. The only person, the only probably two people that I like that well, there's a couple people that I like that do some stuff for ESPN when they cover the NFL. I do like Lewis Riddick. I think he knows what he's talking about. Like he is actually like, I'm okay with. But when I saw the set of Greenberg, uh, uh, Mike Greenberg, Lewis Riddick, and Booger, I was like, shoot this to the freaking sun. Then you have Mel Kuyper at home. I know McShay, like, is battling, like, he's battling health stuff. So, like, he's not, he wasn't, like, a part of the first two days. But McShay's the better draft analyst uh, between him and Kuyper. Um, like, I actually am okay with, I like Dan Orlowski. I don't hate him. I actually like think he does do some good stuff for them. He's not like want to put a fork in my eyes and like gouge them out. And I do like um, Marcus Spears too, and Mina Kimes. Like the the second the secondary people are better than the guys that they're the yeah, that agree. they're running out for the first team. Like the I, the Sunday NFL countdown, atrocious. That's terrible. Like their NFL Live group is a million times better. Trey Wingo not being part of the draft process now. Like, I'm like Trey Wingo, that name, I just think NFL draft. Obviously, like Chris Berman, too. But, like, listening to Greenberg, I was like, nope, good NFL network. I, I like I like Greenberg. I, I think Greenberg is <clears throat> fine, but he's just not what I wanted. I think in the first round, like, you see, like, they'd be like, all right, let's go to Mel. And he'd pop up in the little box, and he's, like, in his basement. Like, you can imagine his, like, kids and wife, if he, if he has a family, or, like, hiding behind, like, the counter because he's, like, getting all animated at home, like, talking about these guys. I mean, th- yeah. he literally sits around for 11 and a half months and prepares for this. And you got to think, like, at home, he was just fully off the rails, just, like, running around screaming. Dude. Like, 
Did any of you guys see Greenberg interviewing Goodell before the draft started? It was no. an all-time. He kept trying to ask him about Deshaun Watson, and that, so he'd be like, yeah, so like, do you have any idea of what's going to go on there with all these allegations and get serious for a minute? And then he'd pivot and be like, so like the NFL is going to play in Germany this year. And then he'd let Goodell <laughs> answer that and then go right back to like, but when it comes to Deshaun Watson, like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Like, Greenberg thought he had an ex- he thought he got an exclusive sit down for the afternoon version of Get Up, uh, where he could do a one on one interview with Roger Goodell. He's he thought it was like sixty lost. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, no, I haven't heard anything like truly bad about Dax Hill. I just I've heard versatility. I saw someone said that they think he could be the best DB since Charles Woodson from Michigan. So like, I mean, that's high praise. But like, that's that's what the whole you know. Like, that's what all of this stuff is now. It's like, who can throw a take on the wall and let it, you know, stick? And I think that's like... It's circle back again. Oh, remember when I said this and this guy's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is now. So, like, you're just throwing shit on a wall, um, hoping it sticks. I will say, like, uh, I mean, like, the moving on to the second round pick, Cam Taylor-Britt, like, not great that we're taking a corner. Like, that was one of the... Ohio State games that I most vividly remember watching, and like he, their entire defensive backfield was just a bunch of turnstiles that day. So a little nervous <laughs> about that. But, well, okay, but to okay, fair, probably. Yes, I he mean, was yeah, playing the, against three first round yes, picks, but the uh, like the OSU wide receiver core is very good. So like to judge him off one game is a little, maybe a little, but like I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean. Some of what I think and we could, you know, I think the Bengals, like you said at the beginning, they wanted speed because you think about all the the teams in the AFC and how good they're getting. And all these receivers, these speed guys are going to the AFC. The Bengals need to have, you know, artillery there to to match that. Um, They definitely had a type this draft. And I think all three of these guys fit that type really well. But I don't know how well it's going to translate into actual, you know, success. It'll be really interesting yeah. to see. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what depth does for the secondary, though. Like, if, if these guys are even serviceable, that's going to be I, very nice. Right out of the have. gate. I mean, this defense could be one of the – I mean, again, one of the best in the NFL because now you just you just brought in a bunch of, of dogs. You know, you think about, you know, if they're like, supposed to live up to their potential, or at least the, the you, safeties and corners – it's gonna if be you awesome. were gonna tell me, if you were gonna tell me, about a year and a half ago, like that, hey, you're gonna step onto a podcast that just started recording again after a couple months hiatus and say the person that you had bad mouth, shit talked and wanted shot to the moon at every turn after every Sunday, Lou Anarumo would be a guy that I have never taken a quick, a uh, faster 180 on a person in my entire life. Like, so but I'm at the last, point now. Last season's free agency changed everything. I really yeah, think. And, and seeing what that defense did throughout the postseason run, where, yes, the offense for the most part all year was the, that was the catalyst that got them there, obviously. But the defense, you know, in the regular season made plays when they needed to, whatever. But in the postseason, it was like the, oh, so our offensive line is bad. Everybody knows it. 
everybody's scheming around it. We have absolutely nothing we can do about it. So the offense was kind of, you know, crippled and they couldn't do much. And it's why they didn't score at the rate that they did throughout the regular season. But the defense is kind of what made them go on that run. It's how they went. I mean, having big turnovers, obviously the Tennessee game where they had the three picks against Ryan Tannehill. But then, like, you know, the Chiefs game where they're getting boat raced in the first half and Lou decides I'm going to drop eight and I'm going to rush three and we're going to see how it goes. And it worked really, really well. And then, like, you know, in the Super Bowl, too, like, I mean, you can say what you want about, you know, maybe how you would have handled, you know, Cooper Cup or whatever. Newsflash. If it was that easy to double team certain players, Devontae Adams and, and guys like, you know, those Devontae Adams, uh, Stephon Diggs, you know, the tight ends, all those guys, they wouldn't go off like they do. But it's not easy. You can't double team guys like that. Now, granted, maybe Eli Apple against Cooper Cup is not the matchup you would want, but. I mean, Eli Apple, for the most part, in the second half of the season was actually OK. And it people are scarred by that. And like at the end of the year, I think after like a week and a half after the Super Bowl, it's kind of like, OK, we all start thinking about stuff and talking out loud. It's like I really think that they should bring back Eli Apple if they can't bring in another corner because. No one's going to probably put up with half the stuff that he is like, you know, like the social media crap. I don't really care about that. But like a guy that played most of the year did OK. Like, yeah, like you need depth. Like that's the biggest thing. Like you saw what happened to the Ravens, the Ravens, when they lost all of their you know secondary, the, all their corners, the Bengals cooked them like that's all. That's you what happens. Do is look to the Bengals the previous season. <clears throat> Like when you don't have depth in the defensive backfield, your defense like it's just it's impossible. You're like if I watch Darius Phillips play another down of football at DB, like my head's gonna explode. It's, it's I, I'm so happy that we're past that at this point. Yeah, so like that's where you know, I mean, that's where the league is going. Obviously, like you see all the wide receivers, all the money that's being thrown at these guys, all the trades. In corners, too. Like, you saw, like, there was a cornerback run in the first round. There was a cornerback run in the second round. Like, it's a posi- It's the two positions that matter probably, you know, next to quarterback that impact a game on every single weekend. Like, that's where it is. Like, yes, games are won and lost in the trenches or whatever. But, like, the perimeter, obviously, it's a passing league now. Like, you need as many solid secondary guys that you can as possible. And... It's night and day difference from I would year one of Lou Anarumo to year two. Like night and day difference. Or, well, year two and year three, sorry. Night and day. So, I mean, also Logan Wilson did not hold. That was not P.I., but that's all I'll say on that. Because they got brought back up, like they, they asked him about it, and he, like, answered all professionally, and he was like, you know, can't put, you know, Got to think about the ref in that position. Like, you know, I put the ref in the position, make the play. I was like, God damn it. Why'd you got to make the play? Yeah, he's just a good guy. We can't do this. We're, we can't go ahead and relive this. It, it's, it, it's in the past. Yeah, We're, there's no need. I, I'm tired no of, needs. Tired of But I, I will say, just a final note on this, I think it goes to show that the faith that the front office had in Zach Taylor and going out to get his guys, his coaches, and let him build a team of 
you know, his style of play. And I just think it goes to show that, you know, for once in the Bengals history and Mike Brown's tenure, he did something right and put trust in a guy, let him, you know, threw him the bone and said, you know, it's yours. The ball's in your court. And Zach Taylor knocked it out of the park. Cause remember like, even when we were doing episodes last, the beginning of last year, we wanted, we wanted to put Zach Taylor and Lou Anarumo on a bus, lock the doors and throw them off the Brent Spence. Like, yeah. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, them, I wanted them to fire Zach Taylor after last, after yeah. the, after Burroughs rookie year. Yeah. Like oh, I, I'll admit that 100%. And I think if I could redo my take, I would have maybe flipped it to, or well, no, I probably wouldn't have, but like, I'm okay with Zach Taylor, the head coach. I'm not entirely sold on Zach Taylor, the play caller. I think those are two different things. Like they can be two totally different things. Like Zach Taylor's okay, a head coach. Fair. He's got to figure it out for the most part. Zach Taylor is an offensive coordinator. Like there are still things that like I, per, I personally am like, oh my God, what are we doing? And, the, well, and, and like I, that's. I think part of it is too that like we've gotten, there's been a, a stretch of in the last like, let's say 10 years of of offensive like of offensive gurus like that are play callers that get these head coaching jobs and you see what happens with it like I don't know I think Adam Gates is the best example of like this guy's not a head coach he's a play caller but like Bruce Arians and like the Ed Re- or uh, Andy Reid th- those are the exception that's not like the that's not the rule and Andy Reid still like. And Andy Reid still has Eric Bieniemy in his back pocket too, and, and Eric yeah. Bieniemy is, for whatever his specific role is with that team, does you know, is a huge well, help. And, and Byron Leftwich is the same way yeah. for Bruce Arians, but but I mean like those guys truly are the exception. The 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 most sustainable way to build a coaching staff is to build a head coach that's a good CEO, and it, that's the most you know, tr- that's the most overused trope that you know beat into the ground but but it's true and it, so, it I, mean, kind I, think evident. We, I think zach taylor's proven that he is he is that head coach and yeah. i'm i i think i have enough confidence in burrow as a football player and and honest to god i mean i i think one of the more underrated parts about a receiving core is like like i i i think that they contribute a lot more to this the success of the offense on a mental level on like a, a game plan level not necessarily that they're calling plays or whatever, but I think that those guys are, are very intelligent football players that do a lot more than just be freak athletes and, and yeah. make the catches they do. It does help to be freak athletes, though. <laughs> yeah. It does help that they are. I mean, yeah, like, before, before we officially, like, I guess, like, put the Super Bowl thing to bed, the feeling after the T. Higgins touchdown, like to open the third quarter, then I went to actually take a piss, and everybody's going nuts. Like, what happened? What happened? Like, they had, like Cheeto had the interception. I didn't even see the highlight that, like, I didn't even see the replay of the interception until like a month later. So I was like, everything else after that was just kind of like that. So I was like, eh, I don't want to do it. But like. The feeling when they had like the Super Bowl, like when they had the intros, like I love the Sunday Night Football intros for some reason. Like that is like, all right, let's go. Like I, I'm interested to see what the guys say, like where they're from or whatever. But so like you have all that go on, and then obviously the first half, whatever. But like yeah, that 
that stretch run to start the second half, a feeling like no other. A high, like, just, that's all. I hope you guys felt the same about it. Because that, like, wasn't. I was through the moon. And then. Oh, no, I was through the moon, but, you know, I I don't even like to dwell on that night for real. <laughs> like, I don't even like anything about it. The lows, the highs, I don't want to talk about any of it for real. Is that going to, so are we going to put that on, like, the, is that going to be put in the, like, the UC, like, Nevada? Like, are we putting that in that territory where we don't? Well, maybe in a couple like, years. Yeah, I don't, with time, like, I can go back and talk about the Nevada game now, but. Not the Super Bowl. Like I don't want. You know, I don't just, think that those things are equatable either. Yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> no, I know. I, I was going to say that they're not really equatable, but like in the sense that like it's something that we do not like to talk about. Yeah, Put that yeah. on that board. Uh, yes, you lose the Super Bowl. That is absolutely going to be like one A <laughs> exclamation. Yeah, 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 and that's why you guys listen to Tailgates to Heartbreaks because we give you that kind of cutting edge insight that you can't get anywhere else. The 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 crazy thing though is that like so imagine being like our parents that like lived through the other two like to have that like the third time oh like that was at least like the first time where like I think we actually had like legitimate like you know heartbreak probably like very well maybe dining with what Kentucky losing but yeah no that uh no fun. Sorry. Dude, I'm, like, Kentucky let's, hey, hey, what's the hey, next, guess what? Uh, guess what? What's the guess next what? segment, Keys? <laughs> hey, guess what? Hey, we're rusty. We're shaking off the rust. Okay? We're shaking off the rust. Considering the fact that yeah. I didn't know we were going to do one part of the podcast today, I found out as I joined the Skype call, like, hey, we're doing a snake draft on favorite press conferences. Oh, I didn't know that. I just missed it. We're a little rusty. Then you just, you let the cat out of the bag. Now it's going to be a surprise. They were going to get to it anyways. <laughs> How much rust did you gain over this five, five uh, or so months? Sh- <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. For the last five minutes, it feels like there's just been like a, a like little bouncy ball with a Bengals logo on it, just bouncing around user skull. I don't know really if we put a complete thought together in the last five well, minutes. Well, to be like, do you guys <laughs> – you do got to understand though, like this is probably the first time that I've talked about like this, like at length in a, in a setting of 40 minutes with someone since probably October. You're telling me yeah. before you, you sat down with your family at dinner that you didn't just, you just don't no. have the floor for 40 minutes to talk about sports. Really? That doesn't help. <laughs> oh no, I was going to say it definitely does. <laughs> That's it. No, it definitely does not. Oh geez. Yeah, you know how, like, yeah, we can just cut this, and Tito won't right. cut it, but we'll cut it. Well, let's uh, – do we got any final thoughts on the draft? Or, or I, I was curious, Steve, to hear your take on uh, Cordell Volson. Um, I, I I like seeing whenever these guys get drafted from those, like, Midwestern schools, like Wisconsin Whitewater had a guy a couple years ago. Um, uh, Northern Illinois always has offensive linemen that go. I don't, I don't think I've heard of any of them actually panning out. That they're all just big and they seem cool. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, so when Frank Pollock had his press conference after the draft and he like called uh, Volson a guy that's got a little shit in his neck, I was like, oh, okay, let's go. 
Sure, whatever. Like their whole like glass eater like, monster. Is that, that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess so. He made it seem like it was a good thing. So I was like, all right, let's it's go. either it's a good thing or he's like a serious medical condition. So yes. I mean, did you see like the video of like when he got drafted? He was sitting in like a what looked like a, a barn, like shed, and there's just a bunch of like dead ducks on the wall. Like when he walks away, that like all the ducks he's killed. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy probably enjoys like football, just beating people up. Yeah, no, I mean, it's fine. It's depth. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna be the starting left guard, but you know, I think he could. He's not going to be the starting left guard. Yeah, I would hope not. I mean, well, I sneaky, well, who, I sneak, I, mean, I sneaky think, I sneaky think Ben Brown, uh, Ben Brown, the undrafted uh, signing from Ole Miss, actually like makes the roster and it has some sort of, he's either backup center or he's you know maybe third guard or whatever. Like I think that's where. Like, if I'm, like, of all the linemen that I'm excited about that they brought in, I mean, it's really only, like, two, but, like, he's he's the one. But then again, the the great thing about, like, you know, not having to sweat who they pick as an offensive lineman is because they actually fix the offensive line, which is a wild, like, feeling. Like, the fact that, you know, you bring in Karras, Kappa, and Collins, like, that completely changes how, like, I feel about, you know, whoever is playing at fucking left guard. Obviously, yeah, no, like, I, I, I don't think that, like, I think we've set up a real nice pipeline for these guys to, like, have an opportunity to be good. Like, nobody's going to be picking out uh, these rookies, or, or honest to God, like, I, I'm very excited to see what Jana Williams does this year, because I don't think that, like, I think it just takes so much pressure off of, off of our younger guys when it's, like, like Jared Williams had, was supposed to be the guy like last year after Ryan and he and he like, was yeah and he was the first two years he he didn't even play his first year and then the second year he had like I think he did something to his knee so like last year was I think his first year where he actually played like a full season and he was our best lineman like yeah like he had like there were growing pains but like still like yes he is there's the famous you know saying there's the famous like conversation that. Uh, Saban had with Belichick where Saban said he's the best player on our team or he was the best player going into the draft or whatever like Saban was going to watch uh, Belichick was going to watch someone and Saban's like you should watch John Williams he's the best player on our team so like yeah I mean it does help everybody involved for sure and I think it does take a weight off the you know the shoulder of the younger guys too that felt last year specifically that they needed to you know be good um I'm actually like, and, excited and up to see until what... last year, I can't really tell you the last time on our offensive line that I was like, all right, great. Our rookies have someone that they can legitimately learn from. Like I mean, last I, year, yeah. you had it. But before that, like. Last year, you kind of had it. Like last year was like not it by any extent. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I mean, that's obviously the, the probably the biggest, you know, takeaway from the offseason is like what does it all look like now because you got to see what you know burrow could can do behind a, a shitty offensive line i don't and you don't even need this offense you don't even need this group to be top 10 if this group just doesn't let him get sacked 70 times and maybe it's, you say it's 50 or 40 something i still don't want that number but like odds are it's going to be in that you know 
maybe 30, 50 range, whatever. Like that alone is a huge difference. Not getting hit a bunch during a game like that. That's that's for me the biggest thing, because that towards the end of the year, like obviously he has the knee injury or like he re-aggravates the knee late in the year. Then obviously he got hurt in in the game that will not be mentioned like that is I'm just done with that. Like I'm over it. Like I'm overseeing him like grimace like that when you know like that's how bad it was like now like i'm excited to see what well no i was just gonna say like my i that was kind of a point i wanted to make is like i don't think Bengals fans can expect not to see that because like burrow is a quarterback that is going to play himself into getting hit like he's gonna take sacks and, and I'm okay with that. He just plays with reckless abandon. Yeah, that probably means that he's not going to be Tom Brady and play for 18 years in the same city. But, like, I, I'm okay with the way that he plays. Like, I'm okay with seeing him get hit every once in a while because that's just that tells me that he's playing his game. Like, I don't think he's yeah. ever going to be the, no, yeah, you know, the I'm, stand up, get out of everything, like throw the ball away before I take a hit, trying to squeeze the ball into a tight window. That's not your work. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm just like looking forward to seeing him have, you know, a higher percentage of clean pockets and, you know, not feeling like every time we they drop back to throw, there's someone getting crushed on a, in, a, in a matchup, like or someone not being able to handle a, a you know, a, a stunt or a twist or what, like just anything, like just basic stuff that you hope your team like your offensive line can handle i now feel like okay it's a little bit better doesn't need to be perfect i just want like if you give him this offensive line last year i mean who knows what it's just i'm just excited for for this year especially because of what's going on across the street like i've i wanted football back like immediately after the super bowl i'm now like please for the love of god get here because I cannot like the next couple months are gonna be terrible. Just long drag. It's just gonna be brutal. Not true because it's playoff hockey season. It's true. Oh wait, uh, Downey, how many? What was the uh, score after the first last night? Uh, the game ended two minutes in when I turned it off, which oh, was okay. two to nothing. But that uh, was I. I woke up this morning and saw they gave. Two more goals after the three that I was it, paying attention for. It was like seven to nothing, like the entire game, and we scored like yeah. two garbage garbage time goals to, to make it seven yeah. to two. But no, the Preds, Predators are screwed; they're dead. But um, no, the, I mean I'm watching it right now. I'll watch every game. I think playoff hockey's the best. The best. I, uh, I am. I'm also actually. It, it definitely is the best. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's the best professional playoff sport thank you yes 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 i i also am like i usually don't dip my toe into the nba water until the finals uh yeah watching same. the playoffs without lebron is actually pretty fun fun i enjoy, i'm all in on the memphis grizzlies all in okay well i yeah I, i'm kind of hoping the warriors can get back I, okay that'd, that'd be really cool yeah i don't know no i think it I, yeah i'm fine i think all the 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 Draymond and how they're like fighting. I want fights. Like I want the NBA to be cool. Um, yeah. LeBron did is you not see cool, the, so every time he's not in it is a okay with me. He's a. Did you scumbag. see? Uh, I'm 
falling in love with the idea of J.J. Reddick just bodying everybody oh, that comes on ESPN. He's all in on He's oh, all in becoming. I, I, I love that, but we all, like, Mad Dog needs to stay on the air. Like, he's so dumb, and he's been so dumb for so long. Like, he's in the Stephen A. Skip Bayless category of. He needs to like, be exposed. Like, yeah, now that he's finally, like, on, on, like, ESPN proper and not just, like, hiding on MLB Network, people are starting to notice it. But, like, that guy is in, like, he's appointment television. He really is. <laughs> He's, he's like, like he's, he was arguing about. He was trying to argue with JJ Reddick about Baba, Bob Tuzzi, which yeah. that was like, and 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 granted, like his his argument, like like theoretically, like logically, actually made a little bit of sense to anyone that doesn't have eyeballs. But uh, it was oh god, that was that was funny. But yeah, I'm all in on JJ. He was. He was my favorite uh, favorite college player of all time for a while, so it's cool to see him back in it. Yeah, one of your uh, – I was going to say, didn't you have a – did you have a jersey, or am I making that up? I – no, I've never had a Reddick jersey. I've got a Leitner, a Grayson Allen, and a – Shire? Yeah, Shire. Wow, you yeah. are a douche. Okay. I mean, um, JJ Reddick's cool. Like, that's fine. Like, you can have a JJ. Yeah, Reddick. in his uh, his, Shire, um, Shire actually is pretty cool too. He's just gonna like everyone's gonna hate him for at least ten years until Coach K like is finally in a home and can't like come to campus anymore. Or not just hovering <laughs> the program, like still working in his office as he was when he met uh, that assistant coach today or that yesterday. Was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. Listening to uh, listening to part of my take after he got the dog, they gave him the puppy and he went to the uh, he went to the game in Boston, and Big Cat goes on and on about like leaving the puppy. I did not even put it together like the first part, and I was like, oh, God, now I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Are we ready to? Do we need a break, Tito? We... Yeah, he, let's, he stopped uh, let's recording. Take a break and see the uh, see the draft on the other side. All right, we're back. I'm sure whatever ad read Tito puts in there is just going to be electric. I'm sure at our our sponsors are through right, the roof. We have, that we've actually lost all of our sponsors. Yeah, that's <laughs> honestly that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I, our, I, I our hope main, we have a listener. Our main right? one is now defunct. <laughs> yeah, um, I just hope we have someone listening to us right now. <laughs> dude, Jake Lammers is jumping through the moon right now. He's gonna be so pumped. He's gonna be so pumped when I tweet out that video tomorrow. Or today, whenever that video comes out that I created in like 30 minutes, yeah, he's gonna love it. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna talk. We're gonna do this draft. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I forgot that we had it. Didn't know we were doing it. So Tito's gonna explain it for me. But good news is, everybody, we didn't even really talk about college sports at all and what had happened like up until this point. So guess what? We have to come back on. Maybe yeah. and talk again. See, we'll see if we can get in a habit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to promise a schedule, but uh, no. there will be at least one more episode of Tailgates and Heartbreaks. And then maybe one more after that. But yeah. we are not putting ourselves into a schedule. We just kind of live, we just go by the seat of our pants. Whatever. All right. Yeah. So, Tito. Yeah. So, yeah, being the good producer that I am, I figured instead of just doing Bengals talk for a whole podcast, we just 
throw something fun in at the end. Um, apparently, the text that I sent out uh, didn't get uh, read past the first sentence. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we're doing a snake draft of your favorite sports pressers. And I use the word pressers on purpose because we're basically saying anything that's been like, uh, uh, quote to the media. Uh, it's not like something mic'd up. So I got a bunch of. Uh, I think college football is a goldmine for this. So that's uh, mainly where I'm going to be living. But I'm curious to see what you guys got in the tank. Um, he's. I'm. I'm cool with giving you the honors to go ahead and go first. And then we can hit Donnie and all. All uh, back. Uh, that third here. Perfect. All right. So, man. Well, I know I'm at least going to get, okay, I'm definitely going to get a good one. So, I mean, this is probably super cliche, but you got to, you got to understand. I made, I came up with this list in like three minutes. So I'm going to go with the, uh, Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Um, that is one of the most memorable ones. And it's just like, so Marshawn Lynch, it's like peak Marshawn Lynch, like that you cannot, it's it's just fantastic. Like how it's good. It's a it's like yeah. One, I mean, one of the top ones. Out party. Yeah. Yeah. That was all tire. He's as like the as the personality that he is. Yeah. Maybe not that you. So you mean the coming out party wasn't when he just drove around a an athletic cart at California? Well, yeah, he, he, he wasn't he wasn't Marshawn Lynch yet. Did you see he bought a stake into the Seattle Kraken and he's was driving around the what do you call it the gazebo thing or uh, uh zamboni zamboni gazebo yeah <laughs> no it was hilarious though talking hockey <laughs> and that was talking hockey all right i'll go all right um i'm gonna go this counts as a press conference i think the jim room jim everett oh that's my god yeah that's more of an interview yeah, but, but we will we will definitely count that uh chris everett <laughs> and like Jim Rome is the cockiest, like used to be, was it Rome is on fire? Like, yeah, all the, Rome is burning. <laughs> Rome is burning. He thought that Everett had wanted nothing to do with him and he wanted all the smoke. Flips to the table, <laughs> tackles him to the ground. It was hilarious. It's one of my favorite clips in the history of sports. So that's my Yeah, I mean, one. that's, uh, that was, I think, like, I think that was one of the first, like, funny sports moments that I ever, like, like, that my dad ever shared with me was, like, yeah. oh, ever seen this interview? Uh, yeah, that's just, that's an all-timer. Um, for my first pick, I'm going with my all-time favorite press conference, Nick Saban, Georgia Southern ran through us, like, shit through a tin horn, and we could not stop him. Uh <laughs> The question that was originally asked to him, so the, this was like a midweek presser. The question originally asked to him was about UAB's quarterback. Uh, and Or no, I'm sorry, the kid used to go to UAB. They were playing like an FCS school. It was probably like the Citadel. And Saban just goes off on this tirade about how uh, the media shouldn't take the week off when Alabama plays an FCS school. It was one of the funniest <clears throat> things that heard uh and in the middle of it he like blacked out and was like i forget what even what your question even was <laughs> and going like it was clearly practice stuff that day and he just needed to blow off some steam it, it's it's just 
one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and then uh, for my second pick, I'll go with uh, – I don't even know who the coach is. Uh, it's for Coastal Carolina, but this goes back well. Yes. Oh, I know uh, what you're talking about. We don't need no cats, don't need no meows. We need more dogs. If you have just look up Need More Dogs, Coastal Carolina. Um, he he like tries to tell a story beforehand about like some player talking about his girlfriend. I I really don't know like what the I I, I don't know any of the context. Did here. you just can't did you just, a word thing? Did you just get all of your so far from Unnecessary Roughness's intro? The Barstool podcast. Oh, they, they both are on there. They're both yeah, on there, yeah. Yeah, Tita must but have I just mean, listened to them today. Because that's the first two I, picks. I mean, are, I, I, I mean yes, they, yeah. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, those are two of the all-time press conferences. Uh, the, yeah, need, don't need more cats. Don't need more meows. We need more dogs. Uh, that would be my I'm going to. Uh, Donnie. I'm going to stray away from football and go. Where do I want to go here? I'll go baseball. We we don't mention the name, but the R words. They're a team that played in Cincinnati. Um, they're um, the owner. Uh, his press conference this year, the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> he said, um, and I quote, "Where are you going to go? Be careful what you wish for." To the fans on opening day, the only day we were supposed to have any sort of happiness, and the Reds have gone. Was it one in nineteen since that moment in time? So, yeah, Phil Castellini. Yeah, and the where are you gonna go is, has just been like taken in. Uh-huh. Like they have just everybody's ran with it. I mean, the idea of someone posting on Reddit that they're gonna climb up the <laughs> building to take a shit in the bed of the Toyota Tundra. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna defecate in the Toyota Tundra. Anyone want to join me? I'm under the smokestacks in the fourth inning. <laughs> they are down real bad. <laughs> All right. Um, that's a that's a great one. Very recent. All right, so I'm up. Okay, so I'm going to go to – I'm going to go to basketball. And this one, when it happened, was so funny because I had watched the game. And, like, they – they're the post-game press conference was too good that they had to show it. When uh, Tari and Prince was asked how they got out-rebounded by Yale, oh, he yeah. goes on to describe what a rebound is. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> like, honestly. Essentially, was, wasn't he said, like, he just said, like, um, you lift your hands out yeah. and you grab them so, all. Like, the, the reporter goes, how did they out-rebound you? And he goes, well... So you see, they went up in the air and grabbed the ball and came down with it, and, and that's called a rebound. <laughs> he just goes, and they got more of those than we did. <laughs> this, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was that was a late uh, that was a late addition in my head, like right as we started recording, and I was like, I'm really hoping it gets to me. So, so I got that one. So I've hit football and basketball. I could not think of a single baseball one. I could not think of one. Um, mm. So, hmm. all right. I'm going to go back to football, and I'm going to get – I'm going to pick uh, Pac-Man Jones uh, in the locker room after, I guess, they had played Cleveland. And they were – he was asked about Terrell Pryor, and he just kept calling him trash. 
<laughs> and he proceeds to find a garbage can near his locker room and literally like shake it around and look in it. And goes, nope, not in there. <laughs> that Classic is uh, Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac. Like you knew, like you knew every now and then you were gonna get something good from Pac-Man. Well, you're gonna get something from Pac-Man news related. Yeah. You just didn't know what it was gonna be. The Could be violence. Was, yes. The fact that it was that, yeah, that was good. So I'm going to take uh, Pac-Man doing the uh, looking around in the garbage. I like that one. That's a good one, Geese. Um, is it, is he, real quick, is he doing a show with, like, Chad or someone right now? Not that he we does. Wanna... So he he was on that I Am Athlete podcast when they okay. had Jalen okay. Waddle in I didn't know if he had a, his own show. Or he not. does a podcast with Solomon Wilcox, which is, like, one of the weirder pairings I can remember because I feel like Solomon Wilcox is maybe the most opposite of what Pac-Man is. Like, mm. I, like listening to Solomon Wilcox talk about football, like, makes sense. Pac-Man just kind of, like, rambles. You don't know what he's saying half the time. But, yeah, right. Yeah. All right, so. I'll go. Um, I'm going to go back a couple decades to the Temple and UMass rivalry and John Chaney in the pro- post-game press conference after game with Calipari and UMass. He saw Calipari in the background. And mid question said, pointed at him and said, I'm going to kill you and ran off the stage to try to fight Calper. <laughs> and uh, John Chaney, God rest his soul. Uh, but that was one of the funnest and like people forget memories of college basketball in the 90s, that robbery. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, an, uh, that's another great one. Um, yeah, for my uh, for my third pick, I'll go. Uh, I'm again going with a recent one. Um, ben McAdoo naming Sam Darnold the starter and then coming right right back out and going, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just, like the man's been in the NFL. Like, he knows that how bad that looks. That was absolutely hilarious. I don't know that I've ever heard a, a coach say the words, I shouldn't have said that during a press conference. That, that was is he, great. Is, and is he from the Belichick? tree like is he someone that had worked yeah i have no idea um i i honestly god i I don't know that i've heard i had really heard of him until he got to the giant because like that like you you would think some of these belichick guys like for seeing how he is like would have like a little bit tighter ship when it comes that stuff but ben mcadoo has just been like changing his hair mid-season and then he has like that like that inner like that press conference Recent as it is, is hilarious. Like that's such a quick like. Oh, I got in trouble from my boss for saying something I shouldn't have. I got. I need to pull back. Yeah, I mean, like the immediate. Yeah, the immediate retraction is pretty rare yeah. in sport. That and was, if you're. Uh, yeah, and if you're Sam Darnold, do you feel even like remotely good about yourself? Like knowing that Ben McAdoo's banging the hand on the table. Like, yes, that's my quarterback. Like knowing it's coming from him. She's like, God damn, I really do suck, don't I? <laughs> as if he didn't know already. But I'm, yeah, uh, uh, for my last pick, I'm going to go with a, a lesser known uh, guy. He used to be the head coach of, I think it was uh, uh, Montana State, Bob Green. Uh, he's He's got, if you haven't ever heard of him, just look up Bob Green press conferences. He's I think, like, I, I, yeah, I think like I've heard Division of. Three might have been based off of Bob Green. He's, just, <laughs> he's an insane person. Uh, but he was talking about his defense, and he said it, it's kind of like watching your mother-in-law go off the go off a cliff in a Cadillac. You've got mixed feelings. 
uh, said that to a local news reporter on the field after practice. Just an all-time quote. He's got about 100 more. Uh, my other favorite was he wanted to raise his kids on a depth chart, but his wife wouldn't let him. Um, he's just, he's just nonstop laughs. Uh, if you haven't ever watched Bob Green, I think I think he sadly passed away. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's an all-timer. Can we have a – it's not a press conference, but real quick. Can we just throw in an honorable mention just for, like, all-time golden moment of uh, Ed Marino uh, on stage on – what was that, Friday of the draft? When he just went rambling on and literally had the NFL, like, producer come out on stage and tell him, hey, you need to hurry up your pick. And he was just like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to keep going. It's like, no. And then he shouted out, threw him out in state. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I got one. We're going to go to Austin, Texas and the East Eastview Patriots uh, high school football. Um, my cousin, Apollo Hester, when he said um, <laughs> in the first half, I'm not going to lie. They had us, <laughs> and, but it took guts, took attitude. And that's all it takes. Basically, Apollo gave us a inspirational speech just talking to a chick after a high school game he's probably what 15 16 years old um took the world by storm and i don't know what he's doing now but he'll always be known for that and for that he gets my fourth uh fourth pick all right he's bringing time here all right i actually can't believe i'm gonna go with this one but i think when you think of like press conferences as a whole like it's honestly like two like the optics of it are too good I'm going to go with just – I don't know if I can pick the whole thing, but I'm going to go with – if I had to be specific, I'm going to go with two Holloway and Mark Lyons after the brawl of the shootout talking about how they're a bunch of uh, gangsters and over there we're a bunch of thugs or whatever, how different that was. So, like, you have those two going on that rant, and then you have Mick Cronin throwing a bitch fit in his press conference I took all their jerseys off. <laughs> like, like he's going the high, like the high road. And yeah. I would love, I would love to be the, the fly on the wall of the Xavier PR person who thought, you know what, we're gonna let two hallway Mark Lyons get on, get on the podium, and do this press conference. Like, yeah. they had to have been fired. The very next day, maybe not even the yeah. next day, maybe, no, maybe I like I think they had to walk. Yeah, I think they yes. had to walk the Centoff Center back to Norwood to get in their car and drive. Yes, because like <laughs> seeing how like knowing how bad it was, like how bad it looked for both schools, both teams. You're like, all right, you're going to get very cliche. You're going to get the coaches do the press conference, be done with it. Nick yeah. does his and then nope. Farthest thing from the truth to Holloway and Mark Lyons get open mic. No, they got a bunch yeah. of gangsters over there. We a bunch of thugs. And I, like, hate both of those guys, but I respect that as a press conference. That's hilarious. Post no, brawl, it's hilarious. Like, yeah. just, Post they're brawl, you're just out there saying, yeah, no, bunch of, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That master was pretty class good right draft. Yeah. That was was that the last good. one? Yeah. Okay. That was pretty probably good draft. Yeah, I, I've got so, a couple honorable mentions if you guys want to hear them. Yeah, we got a couple I got, ones I got, that we skipped I got over that I, Yeah, I mean, I got some too. 
the all-timer that I really wanted to include and, and couldn't, it's my favorite sports storyline of all time. I tweet about it like every time I see it. Uh, the UConn AD getting interviewed after they fired Bob Diaco and denying the existence of the civil conflict is just one of the funnier. <laughs> like that whole saga is awesome, but that just was the cream on that was like the icing on the cake when he they asked him about the whereabouts of the trophy and he said Diaco commissioned it himself if he took it that's fine. <laughs> like, but they turned into it this year though. Like they actually like turned into the like the rivalry like kind of as a joke, which was yeah. Which I mean, enough time had passed, but yeah, no, that whole saga is just, it's honestly way too good. It's yeah. like, when you think, when when UC and Houston and, um, who else? Who else? UC, Houston, and who's the other freaking team in the conference? Memphis? No. Oh, UCF, sorry. When they go to the Big 12, and, like, that's kind of like the the death of American football as we know it, like, yeah. that is going to be the, like, not UC making the playoff. Like, that's probably yeah. the peak right there. The, so, the, I, I, yeah, I will absolutely remember the civil conflict as, yeah, that is yes. the face of American conference that's football. That's peak yep. American conference football. Yep, right there. Yeah. I, like, that is um, clear as day. That's a good yeah, one. The other one. The other one that uh, I can't believe didn't get taken, but I, I I wanted to stay away from it. Mike Gundy, I'm the man. I'm 40. Yeah, it was on my list. On my list. Uh, just like he, that was. I don't know that anyone's ever been seeing red more than Mike Gundy was when he was yelling at that reporter. Um, yeah, I thought that was going to come to fist the cuffs. Uh, that that was just that was great. You got yeah, Dennis Green, so, the Dennis Green yes, one, Dennis Green. one from I think it was Thursday Night Football. They gave yeah. up that big lead. That was hilarious. We God are rest. who we thought that. Are we that also? Yeah. God rest his soul. So, um, those old football coaches, man. Like Herm Edwards has a bunch. Like yep, yeah, um, like Herm Edwards, uh, Jim Jim Mora. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was his dad. Uh, yeah, his dad. Yeah. Yeah, who was the the Rams' uh, greatest show on turf coach who just couldn't stop crying? Uh, that guy was awesome. The name is escaping me right now. Um, oh. the, the, that is one sad thing about like the young, hot fan of head coaches in the NFL is we're going to lose a lot of the old, crusty guys getting yeah. up in a press conference. The Jim Caldwell one where like he was dead. Uh, that was a very funny one. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was good. I mean, Dan. I mean, Dan Campbell right now is like carrying. Yeah, the Dan like Campbell everybody. is. Like Dan he's going to end up on this by, list, yeah. and when we do this in in ten years, uh, you know, yeah. revisit our old drafts. Dan Campbell is going to be featured quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, need, we need like Todd Haley and like Greg Williams to get head coaching jobs somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I. So I put um. Oh, what? No, I just forgot it. Shit. You're going to drive me nuts now. God damn it. The only one I had we didn't mention was Joe Kim Noah, just because oh. when he was yeah. in, in Cleveland, he says, you know, when you go on vacation with your family, you don't think of Cleveland. The, yeah. <laughs> the NBA has, like, the Some, NBA has, like, yeah. all sorts, like, cup of tea. Like, you could have yeah. gone, like, the, you could have gone, like, the players bringing their kids up, like, route. 
Like Blake Griffin yeah. and uh, CP3, like whenever Chris would bring his, his kid up, like that was always hilarious to me. Like I love that. Um, but no, I um, the uh, the one oh, the one that I can't believe got picked. I mean, it would have been like more for comedic relief, like the Tim Tebow speech. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like I, like, I yeah, uh, 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 that's just that's just it's so bad. But like, I mean, it's just it's literally got a, a what a plaque. He's got a plaque at Florida. Yeah, like outside the yeah. stadium of like the speech. Like that is, I mean, it's one for, it's one for the, re- like, it's an all-time one. I didn't even, like, I didn't think of it till after we were, we were done. But, like, that is just, like, hilarious, like, seeing him, like, get up on, at the podium after a game. Who do they lose to or who, Bama. Or barely beat? Yeah. No, they lost Bama to Bama. Lost. Yeah. The, uh, the other, speaking of NBA, the, the one that sticks out in my head is uh, when, I, I don't know who, it was, but somebody asked LeBron about the Godfather because he'd been carrying it around. Oh all my God! Series. And they're like, "What's your favorite part of the book?" And he just was like, "Yeah, you know the part about like the family and everything." Yeah. It's like you haven't you read like maybe the first paragraph of the back cover. <laughs> well, then he, I think the reporter <laughs> yeah. doubled down was like, "Like, what's your favorite something else?" He's just like, "Ah, just all of them." <laughs> like he was just he didn't read a single. Like, he was reading it for five years. <laughs> yeah, Le- yeah, LeBron I mean, like we. You could do a you could do a draft on like all of like the very like corny cheesy LeBron like moves like the the, the, MS the zero was an all timer too when he or did you or what did he say almost broken or or whatever when he said he Maybe slapped the chalkboard in yeah. the locker room no it was just, yeah it was his hand yeah. he was like I slapped the chalkboard and I have an almost <laughs> broken hand it's like all right what the yeah the the my favorite. A move of his is the uh, the I'm going dark for the playoffs. The zero like zero dark thirty twenty three, but he will still post on social media, thus not completely going dark. But he says it like he I think he actually stopped doing it, but um like when he was peak doing that, that was like hilarious to me. He would he just wouldn't post on Twitter, but he would post on Instagram. He should have just renamed it like Zero Dark Thirty Twenty Three No Twitter whatever. I think and at that time he like, actually thought he was like a Navy SEAL too. He yeah. He just goes and, you, and now yeah. now since he's on like he's not in the playoffs he's just like sitting on the couch tweeting like I told everyone this guy was going to be good and was like well yeah Talking he's like John the number Morant. one he's he's like the number two pick yeah. so I think a lot of people knew he's going to be good. <laughs> number two pick and had like an unreal like college highlight. Like, yeah. I mean, he was just the human highlight reel. Like, yeah, no, I knew about him. LeBron also invented science. He just does everything. Yeah. He's great. The, Fuck keep him. that same energy when talking about all of the, uh, like, the team this year, the Lakers that they had put together, like, talking about how old they were. Like, keep that same energy. And, like, that tweet just continued to age, like, fine line. <laughs> like, great. just perfect. On, on that note, uh, one of the – it's not a funny presser, but, like, the – like when they asked Russell Westbrook, like why, or when he was like, I don't know why uh, they didn't like me. It's like, well, like you missed, like you shot about ten percent from the field off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, Westbrook I, I talking about. Yeah, Westbrook talking about like why Frank Vogel didn't like him. Like, yeah, like that oh, whole like yeah, exit interview. Cool. Yeah, that exit interview is yeah. hilarious. And then like him saying he does not like being called Westbrook, which. 
quite honestly, is one of the best nicknames you could ever give a player. It's very simple, but, like, it was so good. Like, the montage of, like, calling him Westbrook and then just seeing all the horrible shots he had this year is, it is masterclass. It's hysterical. My my last honorable mention, and I wish that this, I, as far as I know, this isn't recorded anywhere. It was, like, a newspaper interview. Uh, Jim McElwain having to address the fact that he didn't actually fuck a shark is one of the funnier, <laughs> okay. like... I still think it's him. Like, it's well, not, no, like they they brought they, in the they, real guy. Yeah. I like I how it kind of came full I didn't circle. Know. I like how it came full circle at the end. And, like, I didn't know they brought in the real opening. guy. Yeah, I didn't know they brought in the real guy. Was it Caleb? And I'm like, meet the guy. Yeah, it was awesome. Was it Caleb? <laughs> didn't Caleb do the interview with him? Yeah, for like the the Arizona Bowl uh, for press. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was yeah. He's I, I, they asked him about that, like him like getting asked about that, and he was like, "Yeah, believe it or not, they, that wasn't in the manual that I was handed." Like, how do you respond to <laughs> you fucking shark? Like, oh so. shit. Yeah. Oh, dude. They, I mean, this was a great one. I think the next one we do, we'll just we'll keep letting Tito come up with them. Next time we'll do it. We have to like pick one from like if we're if it's sports letter, you gotta have like you pick one sport, move to the next one. Yeah, we'll narrow it down. I I, I wanted to I wanted to keep it loose the first show back. You know, everybody needs a little bit of spring ball. So I'm sure Absolutely. we'll hear how we did uh, by all the critics. Lammers. Yeah. Jake Jake Lammers, if you're listening, do not get mad at us because we didn't talk about the R words. Don't get don't get mad at us. Because yeah. we ain't doing it. So quit yeah, asking. <laughs> that was that was also yeah. That's like, another one. Yeah, like, that was like, another yeah. save. <laughs> oh, God, oh, Saban's just a fountain of it. He of has his oh. every press conference. God, he's he really is the best. He really is the best. All right, fellas, I think that's just this was good, it. guys. Let's do it again. All right, so that is going to do it for episode number fifty-one. Or better yet, Season 2, Episode 1 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513, if it's still a thing. Um, great to be back oh, at oh, it. Oh, it's still a thing. It, I got filled uh, about a week ago. Still a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll make sure we break even on that front. We'll Contracts renewed. <laughs> We're back. Um, yeah, no, we will. we will – catch you guys the next time we probably all like collectively agree yeah let's do a podcast today that could be next week it could be two weeks from now it could be july it could be in the middle of next season middle of next football season we don't know and we don't know how it's gonna go football we might not do a podcast we might just have to keep riding that wave yeah what if if our next episode it's like for the yeah it's for like the world cup and we're doing a world cup preview like you don't know we just yeah have to tune in to find we're, out. We're going to become three guys who play FIFA, talk about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> America made it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for season two, episode one of Tailgates and Heartbreaks. Uh, I'm Marius Geezer. Uh, this is us signing off. We'll catch you guys next time. Cincinnati Bengals, that's 